The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bucket Plan On Demand. This is Dave Allison with Clarity to Prosperity. And we've got a great guest today, Brian Bibbo, one of the lead advisors out of the JL Smith Group. Not only one of the lead advisors out of the JL Smith Group, but also one of the lead advisors at C2P Enterprises. The uh, last two years, Brian has finished number one in total assets gathered for the year. He's averaged over $25 million a year of new client assets that he's brought on. And this year looking to do over 30 million. He just shared with me, here we are in February, early February, and he's already over 8 million for the calendar year. So really excited to have Brian. Brian, appreciate you joining us today. And what we're gonna talk about are some of the top ways that you could make your plan deliverable meeting more effective. And so we all generally are following some sort of process to get to that kind of final meeting where we're gonna now present our recommendations. Within the bucket plan, the holistic planning process, it's generally step number three where we go to deliver. So step number one, design. St uh, st or step number one, discover. Step number two, design. Step number three, deliver. And so, Brian, again, appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to, to meet with us. And uh, mind sharing with us a couple kind of, you know, things that you do as a best practice as you're preparing for or getting ready for that deliver meeting. Absolutely, Dave. I don't know how you got me on the phone at the beginning of tax season, but you somehow uh, got through the gatekeeper and made this happen. But I'm excited to be here. But, but let's kind of answer that question. You know, what are we doing with the planned deliverables before, uh, during, and after? Let's start with the before phase. In the second meeting, as we call it, or the second stage, where I'm gathering those FEO documents, I don't actually build those out in front of the clients. My staff builds it out behind the scenes. So I'm going to have that ready going into the delivery phase. Uh, in addition to that, my staff is going to run well, what I call the investment audits or the quanti reports. Um, they're doing that for me. They're also running the social security analysis for me. So a lot of that stuff is being done by the staff uh, ahead of time. In addition to that, I will take all that data they've done. I will double check it. Super important to do that. But then I'm doing some sort of, whether it be uh, retire up or we're also using the next gen software to create these retirement plans. So during that plan delivery meeting, um, I am presenting that family estate organizer to the client the first thing. So I will go over it with them, kind of show you the value we've added, and I'll hype it up again. And they're very excited to be that. Or, or excuse me, to have that document. Then I'm going to also show them the plan deliverable, as I call it, the actual what I am handing out. So everyone is going to get a copy of this plan deliverable, and I give it to them, and I go, everything we're going to go over here today uh, is going to be on the TV screen or the computer monitor in some people's cases. So you don't necessarily have to take all the notes in the world because you're going to take it all home with you. So typically in that deliverable, there's going to be first and foremost the actual bucket 
plan. So they're going to have the bucket plan slides. Then the next tab will either have the next gen or the retire up uh, software analysis from there. Next tab has the social security analysis. Uh, next few tabs are going to have the investment audits, depending on how many accounts they have. Then the next few tabs are going to have like if I'm if I'm whatever FIA if I'm using an FIA. Uh, so I'm going to call it the soon bucket recommendations. Then the next tab will have the later bucket recommendations, and then I'll round that whole thing out uh, by you know any tax pro formas or tax planning that I did. Uh, one thing I am not doing is giving them too much data all at one time. What I ran into, Dave, was when I tried to give them all of that and then make recommendations on long-term care or even health care, uh, it got a little crazy for me. Or any estate recommendations, hey, funeral expense trust, estate planning trust, it just got very overwhelming uh, when it came down to it. So really, after the plan deliverable, what I say in that appointment um, is probably one of the most powerful things I've ran across. Once I give them that family estate organizer and then I give them that plan deliverable, I will say to the client, because all I want to do is kind of ease the tension in the room, and I will say the good news is no decisions are made here today. On the feedback you've given me and the other two steps we've already went through, we've built out the, we've built out the ideal plan for you, and we're going to go over that today. But all I want you to do is take your notes, ask questions as we go along, but we're not here to make decisions today. We will schedule another appointment a week or two out where you're going to come in and you're going to write down all of your questions. In the meantime, you're going to be able to chance to study this information, bring it back in, and we're going to go over it in detail before we move forward. So two key things in there. I'm telling them, hey, we're not making decisions today. And I watch people's face all of a sudden give a sigh of relief there. In addition to that, uh, the second part of it is just I'm assuming the close there. If you caught what I said there is we're going to get all your questions answered before we move forward. I'm not giving, you know, I'm not saying, hey, guess what, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, you can come back. I'm just saying you got to feel comfortable before we move forward. And, and throughout the presentation, I will remind them of that. And throughout the presentation, I will say some key words of like when we move forward. Or when we roll this over, you know, you're assuming the close and you're putting those things in there so the clients know like, hey, this is supposed to happen. This is part of the process. You don't want to give them that, that ambiguity or not being direct with them because at the end of the day, one thing we ran across is, yes, we're financial planners and we lead with the plan, but financial plans are best suited where we're managing the assets also. So you've got to have that clear, clear path and explain that to the client. Yeah, I love that. Um, Joe Salerno, one of our top advisors in our mastermind group, did a top five roundtable uh, on, on some similar points. And he talks about future casting. And, you know, Brian, it sounds like you're doing a lot of that where you're future casting what it's going to look like when they are a client. And I think that just kind of it's the assumption close. It's the, you know, here's what it's going to look like going forward. And uh, it, it does a lot to get their mindset thinking of, of having you as their ongoing advisor. I know a lot of times when I go to, to set up that plan delivery, um, I do something very similar. I just use the, the simple analogy. It's like building a home and I'm the architect. They're the homeowner. And we're going to review the original plan today. We're going to uh, review that blueprint. And we might find that we got everything right and you're completely satisfied with the blueprint in the plan today, 
But more often than not, we're gonna review it and we're gonna find some areas of tweaking that we might wanna go make or just some additional areas that you need additional information on and we'll go ahead and make sure we address that. But I think it, it kind of, to your point, disarms the prospect that they don't feel obligated that at the end of that, they have to buy or they have to implement the plan in its entirety. At the same time, I mean, what would you say, you know, not to put you on the spot here, but once you get to this point in the process, you know, how many out of 10 clients, how many end up moving forward with? Yeah, it was funny. Jeff Warren asked me the other day, he goes, has anybody ever really said no to you? <laughs> and I just got a kick out of that. Uh, and I was like, of course, Jeff. But he was dead serious about it. He was like, really? But I would tell you, it's, it's probably an 80%. It's, it's going to be eight out of 10 people that I'm moving forward with. And out of those two that don't, probably one of them I'm choosing, I don't want to move forward with them because yeah, they paid me a financial planning fee to do the plan, but I just determined through the process, they're not the right fit. So I'm trying to guide them down a different path. They're not the right fit for the firm. And then the other person is just, you know, they might've had a very strong plan and, and what I'm telling them at the end of the day, isn't going to be the right fit for them. And they and they, and they think they can do it on their own or they're happy where they're currently at. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I want to jump ahead to something and then kind of come back into the, the meeting process itself. But you had talked about some different tools or props that you utilize. So you had mentioned a Quanti, which is the portfolio analytics software. You can kind of do uh, a, a comparison and contrast of their holdings. What do you, what do you primarily use that for? You, you termed it in something we call it as well at C2P, the investment audit. Uh, how are you using that tool in the plan delivery? Yeah, great question. Um, oh, when I'm starting that plan delivery, I talked about the FEO. I talked about giving them that actual plan deliverable. I will go over the goals uh, and the goals and their priorities. I will start the meeting there. But the second thing I go into after that is I say to the client is we have to have an understanding of where we're at now so we can so we make the right decisions on where we're going into the future. So I will bring up those Quante reports to show them their current uh, investment holdings, and I will actually go over them in detail. Um, I will just say, hey, here's your 401k. We did an analysis on it. Here's the current holdings. I will go over the screen that talks about small cap, uh, mid cap, and large cap. I will also talk to them about do they know the differences. So I will say to the client, I'll say, Dave, have you ever heard of small cap, mid cap, and large cap, and do you know the differences? And a lot of the people go, eh, I kind of understand. And some people go, I don't. And I'll use that as a little educational thing so they can feel like they're part of the process. But I will go, do you know what performs the best over time? And human nature usually says, hey, mid cap. And with that, I will actually get out those DFA slides that show, hey, small cap beating large over time, grow, you know, the, the value beating the growth. And I will implement that in there to use that as, hey, you know what? Your current 401k, 34% is in large cap, 2% is in mid cap, and 0.9% is in small cap. Do you think, it's again, you're, you're, you want to make this an, a conversational thing with the client. You don't want to tell them how it is. And I would just say to them, do you think you should be more diversified in the portfolio between the large, mid, and small? And they'll be like, well, absolutely. From what you just showed me, it makes a lot of sense. And I go, well, I don't want you to think we should put all your money in small cap. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, hey, we're heavily weighted in one area, so we want to make sure that we're not doing it. The most powerful point with those, uh, those 
portfolio analysis is showing them the rate of return over a 20-year time frame because anybody can do 10 years. And 10 years, we've been in the longest bull market run and, and the numbers look good. Any, I mean, rarely is a portfolio going to look bad over the last 10 years. And if it does, something really, really terrible is going on. But when we look at the 20 years, I will say, hey, we need to revert back to the mean because the last 10 years have been, you know, we've been on a great bull run and I hope it continues. But if we look over the last 20 years with the market crash, this is what your portfolio will return. Then there's another thing on those reports called maximum drawdown, which just, just says, if, hey, in 2008, this is how much the portfolio hit at the bottom of the market. And I will write those kind of numbers on the board, and I will say, hey, here's your average rate of return over 20 years, and then here's your downside. So uh, let me give you two examples here. I had a client I just met with last Friday, and their rate of return over 20 years was 4.2%. So the rate of return was 4.2%, and then we looked at the downside risk, and the downside risk was 48%. And I just asked the, asked the, actually, this was a prospect we're going to turn into a client. I said to, said to her, I said, you know, I know this financial, uh, you know, this financial is not your background. That's why you're here. But do you think a 4.2% return is worth that kind of downside risk? And she's like, you know, I don't, I don't think so. It doesn't make sense to me. And so it's, it's kind of having them bought in, getting to the conversation. I mean, that's really how I'm using the investment audits. I'm saying, hey, this is where we're at now. So we can understand where we're going into the future. Gotcha. That's great. So you got the investment audit, goes through more of the analytics on the portfolio side. You mentioned the family estate organizer, which for any listener that is not familiar, that's a tool that we use, uh, kind of a three-ring binder where we organize and consolidate all of the important documents in the family's life. So not only their investment account statements, uh, but, but, you know, insurance policies, um, bank statements, uh, legal documents, kind of everything organized and consolidated into one, a, one binder that, that really acts as a mutual filing system for a married couple to be on the same page. So Brian, your team behind the scenes compiles that and then you deliver that uh, kind of a, a nice reinforcement to probably the planning fee that they paid and to show that, that you're really serving them and building them something tangible. And then you mentioned the other uh, two components, the social security analysis. If, uh, if you're uh, performing social security analysis for the client, I think most people understand that. And then you generally do kind of a retirement projection using like financial modeling, retire up or retirement next gen software. Is that, those, are, those are the main tools that you're utilizing? Yeah, I mean, de definitely those are the main ones that we're using. I mean, it tends to simplify things for the client. It's nice and interactive. Um, whether you use the next gen or you use the retire up that, that we've we've used here in the office. And the reason I like it is because a client will go, well, what if my husband dies earlier if this happens? You know, and, and a few clicks, we can show them what that looks like and how that's going to pan out for them in the long run. So it, it's just been powerful for the client to look at the numbers. I've had so many clients, you know, take that plan deliverable home and have put the sticky notes on those slides. And they're like, hey, can you talk about when I'm 82 years old or, or what does this look like later? Later on, those projections that they can see the rest of their lives and, and knowing that they're not going to run out of money has been so powerful. And the feedback I've 
I've received from these clients and prospects to say, even if they had a million bucks, they still want to make sure, hey, I'm, I'm going to be okay if I live till 90 years of age. So uh, whatever retirement software that you're using or, or analytics, it's definitely powerful to give that to the client. I've known some advisors that don't even hand that out. They do that, but I'm all about, hey, if we've done the work and we've put it all in there, why not give it to the client? It makes them feel more comfortable in the long run. Gotcha. Now tell me about at the end of the meeting, um, a couple things. I think you or your office innovated this tool for us, but uh, something called the asset transition sheet. And so um, it basically was a one page snapshot that showed the client where their money currently was. And then based on all the recommendations where it would transfer to. Tell me about how you use that tool as you're getting to kind of lay out your recommendations. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it's, it's a powerful tool and, and a quick story behind it. A teacher, one of my first financial clients that I brought on many years ago said to me, Brian, I get it. And I like what you're saying, but how does my 403B move? What happens here? Like, I don't, I don't like exactly get the breakdown of it. So it had me, it had this office create an asset transition slide, which just says, Hey, here are the accounts where they're at now. And here's where they need to go. I'll give you an example. Hey, he is a, a, a 401k and it's going to be split up between an annuity and it's going to be split up between a managed money account. So I will show, hey, the 401k with an arrow going to TD Ameritrade because they're only going to make out one check. And then I will have it spider webbing into two, which one of them is going to the, the fixed index annuity and the next one staying at TD Ameritrade in the managed portfolio. So it's essentially a way of showing the clients how does the money move so you never get asked that question. It's a good talking piece to show them how the plan gets into place. And it's kind of one of the bookends. It's about one of the last slides I discussed with the client. So they're not walking out of that appointment saying, well, how is he going to move his money? How does this work? I will have already went over that slide with them and explained to them in detail. Yeah, I think that asset transition sheet is one of the most powerful closes that we have. I know uh, I just had a client last week. Um, we just finalized all the paperwork that we three or 1.4 million dollars a 50 year old and um we got into now he hired me for financial planning we built a really strong financial plan and so i'm delivering that plan and it, it always can be a little bit awkward like going from okay let's take our financial planning hat off and here's the the proactive ongoing wealth management services that we do that require you to move your money over for us to invest and what I found is having that one page asset, asset transition guide, laying it down when I get to that, kind of as you said, it's one of the bookends of the overall financial plan. I say, okay, now we do engage in financial planning, but also wealth management based on all of the planning objectives that we've just outlined. Here's where your money is right now. And here's where it would move to, to hire us to implement all of these solutions for you. And to have the client see it on one page, it just makes it so much easier for them to say yes. Because the biggest challenge is communication. Communicating all these different, well, this Roth is gonna move to here, this post-tax account is gonna move to here, it's gonna fund these two strategies over here. To your point, Brian, it could be like a spider web. Um, but that one page just lays out a simple, easy to follow guide that is gonna show them the map of how that will transition over. 
Yeah, Dave, I just want to add something. A tip that, that I've ran across is uh, don't go for the gusto. And what I mean by that, if you're trying to move, if they have eight, 10 accounts, trying to move them all in one financial plan, um, it, it's been hard. So I, I've gotten one of the, one of the people that, that don't move forward is like they had all these in place and they want, you know, they've had a, a good amount of money. They don't want to move all at one time. Remember, as long as you keep in front of them and they become a client on this and that, you're going to get that money eventually. So that's one thing I want to pass on to all the listeners is like, you're going to get that money sometime in the future. Don't try to go for it all because you will start seeing the glaze over people's eyes. You will start feeling people feeling very, very uncomfortable. So, you know, don't go for everything at once, every time. Believe me, I'm an asset gatherer. But one of the most powerful thing is, um, I'll give you an example. Two weeks ago, I met with one of my uh, one of the original clients that got transitioned to me, and we had moved her money out of her 401k about eight years ago and put it into an FIA, but we left the remaining of the 401k there, and they continued to manage it. Well, she finally retired, and you know what? How easy was it to say, hey, we're going to move this over to TD Ameritrade because I already had the relationship, and she's like, yeah, I figured that's what we were going to do, but at first, she was kind of hesitant to roll all that money into there. She was fine taking a partial uh, distribution. So just remember that. It's one of the things I've ran across that have uh, been powerful for me. That's great. Now, Brian, we've talked about six or so core kind of tips and ideas within that plan deliverable. One of the last things that I want to just talk about here is uh, something that I don't know if it was you or Jason or somebody termed the drink of water. But tell me about how, I mean, the reality of it is with, with, when you're meeting with a husband and wife and you're sharing all this information, a lot of valuable planning ideas and strategies, concepts, some of it could be overwhelming, maybe to one of the two spouses or even both. And sometimes people just need a minute without you there sitting across the table to have a conversation with each other. Tell me about kind of how you've implemented that, what you guys call the drink of water and what it's done for you. Yeah, it's been a powerful thing. And Jason, uh, I think Jason's the originator of this, so we got to give him all the credit in the world. And it's when you walk out of the office and say, hey, I need a drink of water, whether you're proposing a financial plan to them, and I mean it is like you're going to charge them a planning fee, don't hesitate to walk out of the office and say, hey, I'm going to, get a, I'm going to go grab a drink of water. Do you need anything? Because it allows a husband and wife or even a single individual, it allows them to think without you staring them down, looking for, an, you know, they have a feeling like, hey, I got to give them an immediate answer right now. Oh, my gosh, the stress of it. And then it gets them to get a little weird and say, hey, I need to think this over. I need to do those things. So you want to avoid those think it's overs. So you walk out of the office, say, I'm going to go get a drink of water. And you purposely time yourself. Be gone for a minute and a half to two minutes. Um, and then it gives the, uh, the, the chance for a husband and wife to talk together. And it also gives, a, a, you know, even a single individual I do it for because it allows them to just think uh, for a minute without someone sitting in the room and they can make their own thoughts for themselves. That's great. And I'd imagine when you come back in the room, sometimes they have additional questions for you. It gives you the opportunity to answer any last questions that they have before uh, you conclude the meeting. Absolutely, Dave. Good. Well, hey, Brian, we appreciate you jumping on. We know you're in the middle of tax season right now. You're slammed. And I know the listeners will find some of the content and ideas very valuable. So appreciate all that you do. And thanks for jumping on today's podcast. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Dave.
All right, if anyone wants to know more, please reach out to Clarity to Prosperity. If you wanna see a copy of the plan deliverable that we've referenced a couple times, email one of our business development partners. We can share that with you of how we structure some of these different tools within that plan deliverable. Thanks a lot and have a great day. The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.